Let's pray. Speak, Lord, through my words. May they be gospel in our ears. In Jesus' name. Amen. About 15 years ago, when I was a newbie minister in training, I remember a chat with one of my colleagues in the run-up to Christmas. It just so happened that that year, Christmas Day and New Year's Day fell on a Sunday. But a few weeks before that, he was stood at the door after worship at his church and a member of his congregation approached him and said, I just wanted you to know I'm not going to be here New Year's Day. And my friend assumed it was because he had something really exciting planned. But it wasn't the case. The member just said, it's just that I know what you're going to say that day. It'll be New Year, it'll be do more, try harder, be better. But I honestly feel I'm giving my all. I know those talks are intended to inspire. But to be honest, it'll just have the opposite effect on me. It'll just leave me thinking that my best isn't good enough. Now, I must admit, it probably made me reevaluate what I planned to say that day. And without checking, I can't say for certain I've never gone down that route, nor that, I, nor that it would always be the wrong thing to do. But every year, as this particular Sunday approaches, those words have popped into my head. It's an easy link to make. New Year is associated with resolutions. In more normal times, gym memberships would rocket, as would membership rules at Slimming World, Weight Watchers and the like. It's peak season for nicotine replacement therapies and stop smoking plans. And Christians aren't immune to this drive. Quite a number will have started one of those through the Bible in a year plans. You might be amongst them. But gyms which were rammed in January are much more sparsely frequented come February. Many diet plans are soon long forgotten. A lot of lifelong smokers will have cracked before too long. And those Bible reading plans, they often flounder on the rocks of Leviticus and Numbers. Mine often have. You find yourself where that gap between where you theoretically should have reached by now and where you actually are starts to widen. You're on the road to giving it up. And then it means many live with a sense of failure, shame, that sense of letting themselves down, maybe let others down, perhaps even let God down. And we can beat ourselves up over it. And I recognise I'm sounding a bit like a naysayer. Like I'm really trying to discourage you from trying to do anything better. That's not the case. In some ways it's quite the opposite. If you are doing any of that stuff, let me just say right now, good on you. 
All of them have the potential to greatly enrich your life. You may have even been told that some of them are necessary. So God bless you, I wish you every success. But we can fall prey, even within faith circles, to what I call the problem of bigger, better, faster, more. There's that kind of do more, try harder, be better mentality. Where we can be constantly weighed down with this sense that somehow we're just never good enough. Like you've come back with a 95% score on that test, only to be asked, what happened to the other five? Faith can become a bit like that. Many, even those who have been around church circles for a long time, can live with this sense of God somehow always disapproving, quite down on us. And maybe perhaps, especially those who have been around faith circles all their lives, without realising that we can develop a sense of resentment. Like the elder brother towards the end of the prodigal son story. It's possible that you kind of went down with that sense of duty. I've done the right thing and where's it got me? And our relationship with God isn't really bringing us any sense of joy. Because whatever you offer, you feel that in God's eyes it's not enough. That sense is nothing new. It was around when Jesus walked the land of Galilee and Judea. That was why he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, try it on, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said it because it was how so many people felt. They did feel weary. They did feel burdened. Their relationship with God wasn't really feeling life-enhancing. However hard they tried, it just felt like they were never good enough. Like God was down on them and no matter what they did, they always fell short. And that mindset can be toxic. We can slide into despair. Fear of failure can stifle our willingness and capacity for growth and development. And each time we stumble, if we just beat ourselves up over it, we can tell ourselves how stupid we are, it can make it harder to just get up and go again. And failure can even become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Our capacity to do this can be quite ingenious, you know. We can do it with anything. Many of you will know that because of struggles I've had with mental health over the years, something that I emphasize quite a lot is self-care. But chatting with someone a while back, they confessed to me that when people talk about self-care to them, it doesn't help. It feels like an extra burden's being placed on them. They get really down and beat themselves up when they don't do it. When they, they think, oh, if I can't look after myself properly, what can I do? So with that in mind, as we approach the new year, 
I wanted to offer you some words of encouragement. I originally called this the antidote to bigger, better, faster, more. But as I sat down to write it, the great news about the Oxford AstraZeneca COVID vaccine was approved and that was headline news. And that was too good to pass up. So this morning I want to talk about a vaccine for bigger, better, faster, more. And notice, I'm not trying to stop you responding to the challenge of call of God in your life. The longing to grow, develop, mature is good, God-given, healthy. What the vaccine I'm talking about does is attack the toxic effects which can stop or stifle the real growth that God wants for us. We receive this vaccine to free us up to live the life and relationship with God which Jesus has made possible. And like the COVID vaccine, it comes in two doses. No real fixed time period over which they should or must be administered, but together they can help us in the battle against the more violent strains of bigger, better, faster, more. They are grace and kindness. Grace and kindness. As we start a new year, I can think of no better message to offer than this. You are loved more than you will ever know. If you take nothing else away from today, take that. You are loved more than you will ever know. There is nothing you can do that will make God love you more and there is nothing you can do that will make God love you less. You are completely, utterly and unconditionally loved. God's love, welcome, Acceptance is not earned. It is offered in grace. So much of the bigger, better, faster, more mentality is rooted in the notion that love and acceptance is something which has to be earned. It's if, if I just do more, if I just try hard, if I'm just that bit better, God will love me more. Because let's be honest, that's how many of our relationships in life have worked. But with God, it's simply not the case. The problem with earning approval is, well, just how good is good enough? What do you compare ourselves against? Who do we compare ourselves against? What's the measure against which we're comparing? Because, I mean, there'll be areas of my life which are a total mess, which, would, which you don't even have as an issue. And equally, there'll be things you really struggle with. 
And I don't. Who's better? Comparison is probably the most toxic factor in the bigger, better, faster, more mentality. It drives us economically and technologically, but it can be something that weighs us down spiritually. And it's in response to that that Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The idea behind a yoke being easy is that it fits well. A yoke was designed to help animals work together. When it fit the animal well, it had the benefit of making it easier or lighter to pull the load. But if it were badly fitted or it really didn't suit the animal at all, it could be really uncomfortable and could even make it painful for the animal to pull. One of the biggest faith problems, I think, is that all too often we're trying to pull someone else's yoke. We're trying to ply someone else's furrow. We might feel it thrust upon us by others' expectations, or it might be just something that we place on ourselves, and then we project it onto God and other people. But they may not be truly what God has in mind for us. And either way, the effect is the same. An ill-fitting yoke can become a painful burden. And it will do more than almost anything else to suck the joy out of life. But in Jesus, we have a God who knows us and loves us completely, whose love for us is unconditional. The way your walk with God will grow and develop is not the same as mine, and vice versa. That's why comparisons amongst good. There's a story of a Hasidic rabbi in the 1700s called Susia. And he was once asked about the day of judgment and he had this to say. When I get to the heavenly court, God will not ask me, why were you not Moses? He will ask me, why were you not Susia? God wants you to be you. Nobody else. But again, comparison is utterly unnecessary. For nothing you can do will make God love you more and nothing you can do will cause God to love you less. You are completely, utterly, unconditionally loved. It's a product of God's grace. But there's another dose to this vaccine. Grace goes a long way. But the second dose brings kindness. And in particular, being kind to ourselves. 
you might have heard it said, everyone's a critic. Well, yep, that's true. But all too often, the person of whom we are most critical is ourselves. Most of us say stuff to ourselves that we would normally never even dream of saying to anyone else. How often do we set different standards for others than we set for ourselves? If someone else made a mistake we made, we might say stuff up, oh, don't worry, we're all human, we all make mistakes. And then we make that mistake, whole different ballgame. You know that inner critic? We've all got it. And however perfect you become, it will always find something to complain about. Being kind to yourself is about learning to keep that inner critic under control. That's not the same thing as letting yourself off the hook. Research suggests that people who are kinder to themselves find it easier to accept personal responsibility when they're in the wrong. And they are more likely to devote energy to doing what is within their power to put it right because they're not wasting energy beating themselves up. Nor does it mean we can think, oh, I'm fine as I am. I never need to change. What it does mean is that we can search our hearts. We can acknowledge ourselves as we truly are and offer to Christ what he truly wants to change in us. But we do it from a position where we both know we're completely and utterly loved and we will be kind to ourselves. One of the songs we shared earlier said this, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upwards I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Many of us don't need a Satan to tempt us to despair. We don't need a Satan to remind us of ways in which we're not good enough. Because we are expert at doing it to ourselves. And Satan's quite happy to lead us to it. And it's toxic. It, absor it absorbs energy that we could use doing something worthwhile. At the start of this new year, we may be in a better place to be kinder to ourselves. I mean, if we look back a year ago and think of the plans we had, we can probably just see, just see how easily plans fall apart. We might have had reason to lower the expectations a little in 2021. Someone sent me a great comment the other day which said, can we all agree that in 2015 not a single person got the correct answer for where do you see yourself in five years? But just as we're being encouraged right now to take a vaccine to fight the toxic effects of COVID, may I invite you to consider the vaccine against the toxic effects of bigger, better, faster, more. Take time 
to remind yourself of grace. Take time to remember that love is not earned, that you are loved completely, utterly and unconditionally. Tell yourself that repeatedly and often. God is not down on us. Quite the contrary, God came down to us. God gave himself for us in Jesus because he knew we needed it. God knows us far more completely than we do. And that's why he finds us easier to accept than we find to accept ourselves. Because God expects more failure from you than you do. But he loves you nonetheless. And that doesn't mean that we need to sit back and relax and we won't ever be challenged. Jesus called to come, follow me. It comes to each one of us. Jesus does call us to take up that yoke and put it on us. To work with him, to allow his teaching to shape our lives. But that yoke that he's placing on us is designed by one who knows you completely, who loves you completely. It's not designed to weigh you down with guilt. It's to free you to be whom God created you to be. You will get it wrong sometimes. We all do. That's why the second part of the vaccine is kindness. To yourself as much as to others. God forgives you, so maybe you should too. Not to let yourself off the hook, but to free you to follow, knowing that when you fall, you don't just wallow in the mud. Instead, you get up, you dust yourself down, and move forward for what God has next. Success isn't final. Failure isn't either. Chance to start again lies ahead. And grace and kindness can give us the courage to take it. Because they vaccinate us against the toxic voices which tell us we are not good enough. Because we Completely, utterly, and unconditionally loved by one who will never give up on us and never let us go. Grace and peace to you.